Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so excited today to be talking about the wonderful show, That's My Jam. We are joined today by executive producer, Mike Yerchuk, and executive vice president of current programming for Universal TV Alternative Studios, Georgie Herford-Jones. And, and Georgie, perhaps starting with you a little bit, one of the things that's so wonderful about a lot of the unscripted and particularly game show competition programming within your networks is the fact that it really leans into the strengths of the talent that you have. And particularly when we look at the format for a show like this, with the fact that it does stem from segments on The Tonight Show with Jimmy, you know, it's kind of taken that and really evolved into a lot of aspects that lean into his strengths as a performer, as a host, his connection to music that people know him for. And I was interested in how you really look to programming in that particular way. Yes. I mean, we're really proud of our partnerships um, and, and it's important that we lean into the passions of the people we're working with. So for Jimmy, obviously, it's music and comedy. And with the success of The Tonight Show and those segments, it was a natural progression for us to move into that space with him. Um, and he's such a fantastic developer. Um, so it, it was a really great experience. And we do that with all of our partnerships. So like Amy Poehler, for example, mentioned one day that she found, you know, um, crafting fascinating and so then we worked with paper kite and suddenly making it was born you know and then it went to baking it and all of that dick wolf right now you know we're working closely with him on many projects um there's sort of no one who's better at uh portraying heroes than dick and so naturally we went to the real life heroes um and we're just we've just finished a show actually la fire and rescue which is going to come out in june and that show is looking at the real life heroes of LA Fire. And I actually don't think anyone could have got access to LA Fire department other than Dick Wolf, but he managed it. So um, here we are. So yeah, we lean into the passions and we're very lucky with the people we get to work with. I love that. And, and for you, Mike, kind of in a similar realm in, in creating the, de the development of the show and having a lot of creative conversations about, OK, these are the segments that we want to carry over. Here's perhaps how we want to format it. it even just the, the structure of the episode where you start with a particular challenge and then you re really build into the performances towards the end has a real kind of arc and structure to it. And I was interested in a lot of the creative conversations that you were all having to really find that. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Obviously, The Tonight Show and Jimmy's history there is comedy, is music, the games, everything that the show delivers on was started there at The Tonight Show. And then we just looked at it through the lens of like, how can we make this feel prime time and bigger and kind of our own thing and sort of, you know, take a little ownership of some of these things and gamify them. Because if you watch The Tonight Show versions of these games, and he's brilliant at this, but he's always playing too. It's Jimmy and a guest. So he's always one of the people who are like, well, now he's a host and there's four guests and there are two teams. And so they all have to be gamified in a way and, and developed in a way so that they're like the competition, they can live on their own in like a five or six minute act, right? So I think that was something that we, we took those games and then decided, you know, how can we make new games and things that feel like they're in the vein of that and draw on the same sort of inspiration that are music driven. Everything goes through that lens of like, it's got to be based in music. You're trying to vary those things up too. So we have games that are like, whether they're sort of partner cluing style games or music trivia or song ID. And then when we build the shows out in general, like how we can have that variety happening in each episode. And then, yeah, it was very purposeful in terms of the format 
to try to, because we had many discussions about where those performances should go. And, you know, I was always of the opinion that it should be later so that we're starting with fun and games. You get people excited just to like see celebrities let their hair down, have fun with Jimmy, cut loose, you know, and play a variety of games throughout the night. And then these, it sort of builds to these performance moments. And now that everybody's loosened up a little bit, we play, you know, our impossible karaoke rounds where you see these performances and that builds too until like the last half of the show is all performance-based things, including our end game, you know, slay it, don't spray it. So, uh, and that was also by design too, because we're like, okay, we can't get people wet earlier in the show, <laughs> right? It's like hair and makeup, like nobody is coming back from the dressing room after that if we're doing it in act two. So it was all by design. And I think, you know, we we're really happy that the format worked in such a way that luckily I think viewers are kind of feeling like, oh, it's, it's a bit of just a, a moving train. And then by the time it's over, they're like, oh my God, it went by so fast, you know, which is always a good sign. I love that, you know, and, and with what you're both saying as well, it's, it's so great because it, it really does kind of strip away that veneer in the way that we're seeing celebrities and, and the guests on the show interacting. And there's also such an opportunity in terms of building and growing the audience for a show like this. You know, Patti LaBelle, Darren Chris, Sarah Hyland, Kiki Palmer, they're all bringing in different audiences and awareness and eyeballs to your show um, and they all have different strengths that they're bringing to the foreground and so I was, I was interested in how you kind of work to shape not even just okay well if we pair this person with this person if we put Billy Porter and Patti LaBelle together what's that dynamic but then also the overall arc of okay who's the other team going to be because there's such a distinct tone and voice and energy to every single episode based on the four people that you bring together. And so I wanted to ask you both a little bit about what goes into the booking and the really shaping that tonality through your guests. Right. I mean, we look obviously to people who know each other and have great chemistry. There's a lot that goes into it, but that's the dream. And then there's the more unexpected partnerships of people that may, you know, you wouldn't necessarily put together, but an example would be Joseph Gordon-Levitt suddenly said, I really want to be with Chance the Rapper. And that partnership was great, you know, and it worked really well. And going back to the people you were just saying, Sarah Hyland was so excited to be on that show and amongst those people. Um, and there was a comfort level for Patty in that partnership she had. And so it just worked as a, as a whole group. And as you say, there was something for everyone. Um, but there's a lot more that goes into it as well. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the booking process is it's paramount to that show, right? It's like that's what a big part of what people are tuning into. Jimmy, of course, is like he's everybody's friend. So there's already a comfort level and people are like excited to come and play with him and know that they're going to be taken care of and that it's going to be a good time and they're going to be protected in a way, right? Like we're not trying to make people look stupid. We want people to have fun. So that's already like one hurdle that we kind of get to jump by going like, okay, you're coming to play with Jimmy Fallon. So that helps. But it is still a difficult process of booking these shows regardless because you're trying to get 40 different people to be passing through the same room and in the same studio over the course of four or five days. You know, you're doing two tapings a day. So, you know, if we're being totally honest, there's a level of just like, okay, who's available that week in October 21st to the 25th in the morning on the 23rd, you know, and so it starts to become a jigsaw puzzle. And then you're seeing like, oh, what is the connective tissue and how can we, and then we start to massage those things too. So like 
Billy Porter, Patti LaBelle as an example, were like, if Billy could move this day, he can play with Patti. And there was an instant like, ooh, they really like each other and they love that idea and they can do that, you know? And then Darren Chris and Sarah Hyland, it's like, maybe there is this sort of narrative for that episode where you have like these kind of like up and comers a little bit, but with these legends and icons and titans of music. And, and, then and you find yeah. Each other and you're like, Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of connective tissue that comes to play. And then, of course, there's the episodes that just feel like, you know, our premiere of season one was the four voice coaches. And it's like, what better way to start off this entire series than like four people that that make music and hang out all day. And now you get to see them playing games in a way that you don't see them on the voice. Right. So it's always I think for us, we're always looking for ways that you can find unexpected partnerships. You know, I think it's we went off going like, oh, it'd be great if they all knew each other and felt really comfortable together. And frankly, it's kind of unrealistic. But we started to go like we just had Chloe and Hallie on this year. Right. And so that was a great example for us where we're like, yeah, they make sense as a team, but like, what if we split them up, you know? And now you have these two sisters playing against each other, which is something people haven't seen them do. And so the, it's those kind of relationships that we like to try to explore and see like, oh, what would be a good team dynamic there and make everybody feel like comfortable? You know, we had uh, the episode that, that just aired, um, well, this for this week anyway, whenever this goes out, but that just aired for us was uh, Taraji P. Henson with John Stamos versus Quinta Brunson and Craig Robinson. And it was like, we were very much like, okay, they're all TV stars. And that, and we were trying to make that a thing too, where it's like, okay, these are all actors who have musical abilities. And so whenever possible, we try to make it as cohesive as, as it can be. But sometimes to Georgie's point about Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Chance, the beauty is in the unexpected, you know? Absolutely. And actually, <clears throat> celebrities are now love the show and we're hearing more and more that people are interested in doing next season, you know, so it's opening things up for us now, which is really great. That's amazing. And, and when you look at the structure of, of the elements and the games on the show as well, it's not just about asking questions or, or challenging the contestants. It's really about how you're connecting to the audience through that as well. And so even just in terms of finding the difficulty level of different rounds. It's you want to have certain things that people know so they feel like they're getting things right. You want to have things where they're like, I think I know this. Wait, I know this song. And then the certain things that kind of like separate like, oh, I don't know that, but I knew the last few. So I still feel great about it all, um, you know, because it also engages in terms of how well the teams are doing. You don't want to see them get every single question right, because that's not as interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you all were figuring out a lot of the structure of what's the difficulty level, how are we going to bring in different genres of music? Because again, that goes back to the audience side how did you all land upon the structure of a lot of the game elements and and the different levels of difficulty of trivia well you're right in what you say and that um we want we want each round to have a lot of fun through it so there may be moments where you want everybody going for an answer and there are moments where you don't and you also look at each person and you know what their backgrounds are and you know what music what how their age what they might have been listening to um, and we take all of that into account. Um, so there's a lot that, of thought that goes into this, which you can probably expand on. Yeah, no, I think exactly. Uh, music, obviously, again, being at the core of this is just such a universal thing. So there's 
a level of pop music where you're kind of like, okay, everybody should know this. But then, in a, again, in an episode where you have like somebody like Sarah Hyland and Darren Chris and then Patti LaBelle. And so it's like, what kind of trivia might make sense? There are certain games where we're like, it really doesn't matter if anybody knows this. The, the fun and the joy of it is watching like, you know, uh, for instance, we have a, a game called Air Guitar where Jimmy's playing like a British rocker, right? <laughs> I don't know, his accent's probably terrible, guys, you tell me. <laughs> but, not saying a word. Yeah, but so that's a perfect one where it's like, the questions, there's only four questions in that entire game, you know, but they're drawn out in a fun way where he presents them as, as like, you know, uh, multiple choice, and you're trying to go like, oh my God, Barbara Streisand had either A, uh, you know, a, a like, full-scale theater in her basement, a mall, or the, a replica of, you know, the friend's coffee shop, right? And so that's a real question that's like, we don't really expect anybody to know that, you know? And the beauty is nobody really did. And we just are hoping that the comedy plays out in a way. But then a game like Launch the Mic, it's a song ID game where it's like, well, we want people to get this. It doesn't look good if nobody does, but having four people up there ups the chances that somebody will, right? You know, we had like uh, an episode with Quavo, Chance the Rapper, French Montana, and Jabari Banks. And so this is like hip hop rappers, people at the top of their game. And we played Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne. And we we're like, ooh, is anybody gonna get this? And they did, you know, it's like, it took a few chances and that was part of the fun too. But I think, I think what's the best thing about the games is that it's surprising what people know, you know, and, and it shows that music really permeates and crosses cultures and like and becomes a part of pop culture. And so I think like it's been really interesting to see how we can test that in, in the various games in different ways. And partner cluing games are a lot of fun, too, because we get to see like how somebody's going to describe maybe one artist to another person. And it's so funny. It just never fails to amaze me how people like in the moment, like, get frazzled and there's a ticking clock and all of these layers start playing on it. It's like, where it's like, well, of course, you know, Billie Eilish, but now you can't think of anything to say to tell your partner. So, <laughs> you know, we try to let all those things and we have an incredible team on this show. A lot of great people that have a, a vast music knowledge that I think are contributing to all of these things and the content that we create. So, I mean, I mean, lastly as well, I think the show creates such a wonderful opportunity in its format to create a dialogue and, and to very much become part of the zeitgeist and, and connect to people after the moment in the episode. You know, even just the other day, I remember seeing the clip of Taraji in, in the booth and I was sending it to a friend of mine and being like, watch this, it's hilarious. And so was that something that everyone was very conscious of when you were developing the show and thinking about a lot of elements in terms of the structure of how do we create a show that creates a dialogue and a conversation and a connection after people turn their TVs off and finish it. The viral nature of those things, I mean, obviously nobody can plan for something to go viral. Everybody wants that, you know, but the show is built in a way where, as you can see, each act, the first three acts is a game, and then you have four performances that happen over the, you know, acts five and six, and then you have three performances that happen within Slay It. And all of those things can be sort of parceled out to live online and have a second life, right? And then the performances in general are, are always these unique covers that people have never really heard before. And so those go out to the world, they start getting traction. And then, you know, something like Billy Porter, he did a cover of Kelly Clarkson's, you know, uh, What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Stronger, right? Mm -hmm. 
which Kelly saw and was like, this is the best cover I have ever seen of somebody do of any of my songs. He can come perform at any time. Then she put it out on every single one of her socials, right? And so it's like, then it has a new life there. And so we've been seeing that a lot. We had Celine Dion put out and comment on Nicole Scherzinger's cover of, you know, her Led Zeppelin version of My Heart Will Go On. And so, you know, the show's built in, in, in a way where not only the games could live on, but like rounds of the games could live on. And so I think it's it's by design in, in, a, in a way, but of course it's like what's gonna resonate with people and start getting passed around. And obviously that's the way people are consuming television this way too and how they might find out about the show so it may start where you see that billy porter cover come across your tiktok and now you're like oh i want to go to peacock and watch that show you know peaks interest so it's the beauty of of that for sure and it works with the celebrities as well jason derulo showed that he can sing opera you know which people didn't know before that so it, it's been a fun process that was that was one of my favorite segments this season was his cover. I mean, it's it, the show has such great charisma and energy, and it's clear how much creativity and and care went into the creation of it. So it's been really interesting to hear all of this. Thank you so much to both of you. Of course, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you for your time. Thank you. <laughs> thank you.